following message is a presentation of Valley Metro Church, a community of believers dedicated to knowing God and making Him known. I'm sure you guys realize that this life, uh, this journey that we're on is, is a journey of faith. The uh, Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Uh, but Jesus says, with man, these things are impossible. With God, all things are possible. And so this, this journey of faith that we're on, we're trying to discover everything that God has for us. We're trying to discover the fullness of his plan. We're trying to get in on direction. We're trying to get in on uh, the timing of God, the direction of God, the ways of God. We're trying to make these decisions to not miss out on any opportunity that he might have. But sometimes the, the signs are not very clear uh, sometimes they're clear and sometimes they're vague, and that's when you have to walk in faith. And, and today we're looking at a passage of some people who went on the journey of a lifetime, and they modeled this thing of looking for God's signs and also at the same time walking in faith. What if you don't know what is the next step? What do you do? And in this passage, we're going to see that these people understood how to look for signs, understood how to discern signs, and when they did not see any signs at all, they still continued in faith, and they modeled it really well for all of us. And my prayer is that when we look at these guys in the story, we too will get in on a journey of a lifetime. I don't know what part of this journey you're in, the beginning steps of your journey of faith, maybe in the middle, uh, maybe you've been running this race for a while, but I guarantee you these components that we see uh, them use in their life will relate to you in your walk with God and will help you and I not to miss out on opportunities. Um, so if you want to jump in, we're in uh, Matthew chapter 2 today. Um, as we're getting ready for our Christmas season here, we're talking about the journey of a lifetime and we're looking at this through the, the eyes of uh, the magi or the, the wise men. Uh, that's really what it means, but what's so amazing about their journey, uh, their journey is like a model journey. Uh, their journey is, is extreme, it is intense, it's, it's, it's powerful, the story in this. Their journey, we're still talking about it 2,000 years later. That's how awesome their journey was. And they come from a distant land. They come traveling with a lot of treasure, which was another huge challenge and a component of faith. They go over very rough terrain and it takes them a very, very long time and they have very, very little direction. That's a journey of faith. And you and I are in the same boat. We go through our life with our gifts, our talents, our resources, trying to make decisions, trying to navigate pathways. Sometimes we have clarity, sometimes we don't. And when you don't, what do you do? And when you're looking for a sign, when you're looking for direction, where do you go? How do you navigate? How do you seek God to get in on that next step of, I think this is the way I should go. Let me walk in this one. Well, these guys model it really well. Let's look at this in sections. If you can follow along with me, uh, Matthew chapter two, beginning in verse one, it starts out saying, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born the king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And let's look at this in sections right now. The Magi obviously being uh, wise men or learned scholars. They're from, uh, they said they saw it in the east. So that means east of here is Persia or Babylon. Uh, very much like in the story of Daniel. If you remember the story of Daniel in the Old Testament, 
He was a, a counselor to the kings. He was one of these uh, people that helped steer the direction of the kingdom. And, and the king surrounded himself with these kind of people. And their, their one area of study was the stars. They knew astronomy quite well. And they, they charted things and they marked things. And they, they also uh, knew of prophecies, very likely, of what was supposed to happen with the stars. Got to remember, a long time ago, Daniel was in this part of the world. And he, he had influence that had an overflowing effect on Babylon, Persia, at least in some ways where the learned and the scholars would be a little bit aware of. Specifically, Numbers twenty four seventeen says this, uh, there shall come a star out of Jacob and it shall rise out of Israel. So these guys would know, I don't know exactly when that is, but someday something's gonna happen on that end of the sky and it's gonna be radical and it's gonna come up over Israel. Well, apparently that's what happened. In fact, uh, there are some scientists who document this. I wanted to read this to you if I could. Um, It's from uh, CBN News Science and Medical Report. Um, And it says this about the star, literally the science behind this particular star. Uh, The star of Bethlehem has fascinated writers from across the centuries. Experts believe the magi or wise men who saw the star that led them to Bethlehem were court astrologers and advisors to the ancient kingdom of Babylon. And scholars increasingly suggest that the star of Bethlehem was the star we know as the planet Jupiter, known as being the king of all planets. Astronomer John Mosley can digitally reduplicate the patterns of the stars at any point in history. With a computer, they can unwind it and go back, put the orbits back to where they were. And since the early church writers said that Jesus was born about 3 BC, he replicated the skies at that time. And from their perspective, they saw Jupiter as the father or the king and Venus, the virgin, representing the mother. And from that, you'd expect a royal baby to be born. And that is apparently what the Magi thought. Um, So the Magi would have viewed these events like a billboard in the sky that says a mighty king has been born in Israel when these two stars got together and actually touched and lit up in the sky. And this would have been a fulfillment. Uh, How do we know it would be a fulfillment? Well, Numbers 24, 17 says a star shall come from over there and it will rise. And these guys are like, this must be the time and must be uh, the moment. And I think it's really amazing. Uh, We know that the star likely appeared when Jesus was born and then they got on their journey. And from scripture, we know they got there after the fact. So hate to mess it up for you, but if you got that manger scene from Costco where the wise men are at the thing, I'm sorry, it's... It isn't right. Um, you can return it or whatever or just put them away until a week later or something. Um, but, but they weren't there on that night, not to be a, a bearer of bad news. Um, but when it comes to your journey, we look at their journey, and they went on, again, an explosive journey, long distance, rough travel, long time, bringing wealth with them for the King Jesus. And on this journey, they didn't have absolute certainty except for we see a star in the sky, we know it's time to get moving. And we don't know exactly where we're going. We're just going in this direction. I don't know about you. I don't know if you've started on your journey of faith specifically in the area that God is calling you to. Yes, walk with Jesus. Yes, be a believer. Yes, be followers of Christ. But I don't know if you have specifically um, started to hear from God or get revelation from God on what specific area God is calling you to walk in. And this matters a lot today. Um, In fact, I want to just take a moment 
How many of you have an idea, and this is no, no shame, no harm, no foul. How many of you already do know the area that God has stirred you to, an area of life and ministry, have a general sense of, I know it's this area by a show of hands. How many of you know? Okay, and, and all honestly, how many don't quite know yet? That's beautiful. Um, what I would like to do right now, and I know it's kind of a bold move, and I want to ask you as we just continue in this, uh, for those of you who don't know just yet, if you would be bold enough to stand up, because some people around you are going to pray. This is not going to freak you out. This is going to help you get revelation in your life. Thank you for being bold and doing that. It's hard to do, but you're being transparent, and there's many of us. Um, so what I want to ask now, just for a second, is for those around you to just pray quietly, just pray for God to bring revelation and clarity on God, what area of life? Yes, I'm going to follow you, but is it through helping people here, or is it through this creative thing, or is it through proclamation? God, what is it? What is the area? So if you guys would, uh, from those that are standing, would you just come around them? And the Bible says to do this, to pray with one another. And the Bible says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask from God who will liberally, liberally give you the wisdom. This is important because this is a key part of your journey. So please, as I continue to share, please just pray over the people who are asking for the discernment as to what is their next step. Feel free to pray right now. And as you're praying, I'm gonna continue to share for those who are not involved in, in the prayer circle. Thank you, Lord, for giving wisdom and clarity right now. Thank you, Lord, for beginning to clear away fog, clear away any mist, any uncertainty, any lack of faith. Thank you, God, that we can ask for wisdom and you will grant it. I pray you begin to impart clarity for your sons and daughters today that we would go into this season saying, God gave me a gift. He gave me a gift of clarity he gave me a gift of calling. He started to waken something up inside of me, something that he put in me. He's waking it up now. He's beginning to show me and he will begin to lead me. Thank you, God, that your gifts and calling are irrevocable and you have a gift and calling in everyone's life. Thank you that we were made for good works and, and Lord, you wanna do some great things. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen. Thank you for taking that bold moment and we're gonna trust in faith that God's gonna continue to show you. That might not be your normal church experience. We don't always do that, but I do trust there is power in prayer and power in unity and we're doing something biblically. We're asking God for wisdom based on gifts and calling that he put in every person's life in this room. Everyone in this room has a gift and a calling and God put it in you. He wants it to come out of you. He expects fruition we can't bury these things. He wants to come alongside you, equip, encourage, and show you what the display looks like. I say that because for the wise men, although they had great resources and great talent over in Persia, they finally got mobilized at some point. There was a star in the sky. There was some definitive fact that happened. There was something that happened that finally got them up and got them on their camels and got them heading in a direction that would change their life forever, a journey of a lifetime. And I hope it doesn't take a star in the sky to, to necessarily get us moving for the glory of God. But I do hope that God begins to put mobility to our faith because it is a journey of faith. Sometimes you get it just a general direction and sometimes you get some more clarity. But it, but it, takes, it takes moving on what God does in fact 
um, show you. And so the first sign that these guys received was in fact an external one. And sometimes God shows you things through external signs and circumstances. External signs and circumstances. Sometimes he's doing such a clear thing around you that you can't deny the reality that, hey, God is doing something here. I can't ignore it. Look at all of this. You can't ignore the evidence of God shifting and shaking and moving or transitioning or opening a door, whatever it might be, where maybe you didn't hear from him and maybe you didn't uh, get the sign any other way, but it's very evident that right in front of you, there is a circumstance that God clearly did this, whether it's a star in the sky or an evidence in your life that only the living God can do because he's sovereign and all-powerful and all-knowing that you have to go, wow, God, you gave me a, a, an indicator right in front of me. I think I need to own this one. And, and you got to start walking. And well, their sign was an external one. Yours might be too with a sign or a circumstance. Uh, if you're a note taker this morning, the first one is to recognize direction through God's external signs and circumstances. And I say that because sometimes God is doing things around us and we're, we're, we're not clocking it. <laughs> we're not following it. We're not recognizing it all the way when it's evident in front of us. Now, This is not to be misunderstood as tough times, meaning God asking you to walk away from something. Because many times in the Bible, people had to get through tough times, not walk away from them. And oftentimes, the Spirit of God will lead you through things to the other side uh, to bear fruit in every circumstance. Consider it all joy when you go through trials of many kind. It doesn't mean just that a tough time is God must be uh, telling me to leave because work is difficult. It doesn't mean that. But there are evidences and circumstances where God will show his hand to you and he will open doors or he will uh, give you some indications that clearly only God could do that. Maybe he gives you favor with your boss. How did you get favor? Well, you didn't earn it. God gave it to you. God can open doors no man can shut. He can shut doors no man can open. These are some clear indicators and some signs. Uh, many of you guys have, know the, the, the story of the, uh, of the man who lived in the house in the area that flooded. And as the area flooded, they came by to evacuate and they came by with the bus. And they said, hey, come on, jump in. This area is flooding. And he says, no, it's okay. My God will, he's got me covered. And then as the waters rose, he was up on the second floor and, and they looking out the window and they came by with a boat and they said, hey, come on, jump in, hurry up. He said, no, no, it's okay. God's got me covered. It's like, okay, whatever. The next scene, the guy's on the roof hanging onto the chimney and they come by with a helicopter dropping a rope. He's like, no, it's okay. God's got me covered. And they fly away. The next scene, he dies. He's in the presence of God. And God's like, what were you thinking? He's like, I sent you a, a bus, a boat, and a helicopter and you still ignored all of them. Um, Sometimes God sends things in our life that are signs, that are indications of what he is trying to do, and you can't flat out ignore those. That's not the only way God speaks, but in the journey of the Magi, this was the first way that God spoke to them, and they did recognize that means something. That is from God. That's not happenstance. That's not coincidence. That is from God, and God showed it to me, and God made it clear, therefore, I am going to act on it. Does that make sense? That's what they did, and that's where their journey began. It moves on in verse three, and it says, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they explained, for this is what the prophet has written, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. 
Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. He said to them, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make a careful search for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go worship him. So Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but the wise men go to Jerusalem, which tells you they had a general direction, but they did not have specific direction. Oftentimes, like our lives, where we get a general sense of where God is calling us or, or what it's going to be, or we, we get a general sense of what he's stirring us on the inside, but we don't have the details. And a lot of times, you don't have the details. In fact, if you had all the details, it wouldn't take faith, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. It takes faith. It takes faith. However, God is good with his plan and his revelation, and he tends to roll it out in our life. And in these guys, they had the general, but out, they didn't have the specific. Now, Herod in this story, as many of you know, he was very disturbed. Um, the guy was, in more ways than one, he was disturbed. He, um, anybody who challenged his reign, uh, he would remove, he would kill. He's done this in his own family, and the historians document that he just killed anyone around him in any circle that he seemed that, that he thought would threaten his reign. And so in this case, uh, the wise men are asking uh, where the Messiah is supposed to come from, and the king is only concerned with when. When. He's trying to figure out an age range of these babies at this point in time. And so he goes and asks the uh, religious leaders because they have an understanding of Scripture. And it's interesting that even Herod knew that if there is an answer, it's probably in Scripture. And let me go ask people who know Scripture that maybe they know the answer in Scripture. And so they turn to Scripture, and the response is that the prophecy in Scripture say that he will be born in, in Bethlehem. Now, I just want to tell you the answer, this next step, this next key step of their direction. Again, they had general revelation from God. Follow the star, the king is born, but they're in the wrong city. And that's the best they could do. They didn't get to Bethlehem, they got to Jerusalem. And they're asking for directions. But understand where their answer came from. For their next step of revelation, it was in the scripture. It was in the scripture. And I, and I know we know this, but I, I want you to really know this today. Um, God has answers in his word for any, any problem, any issue, any concern you have in your life. He has given us everything we need for life and godliness. He has answers to questions that you haven't even asked yet. Do you realize it? God's got answers for questions that you haven't even asked yet in his word. But I would say to explore the answers of God, to discover what God has, it takes sitting at his feet and searching the scriptures. And the word talks about searching. And the Lord says, search me and you'll find me. When we say like the song, word of God speak, word of God speak. You already spoke, but speak to me again, God. Word of God speak, won't you pour down like rain? God will speak to you through scripture. So there's external signs and and circumstances that we can't deny as a reality of God's direction in our life. But that only got him in a general area. It wasn't specific enough. Their next answer came from the word of God. I trust your answers will come from the word of God. And if you want your answers to come from the word of God, you can't just be loose and casual about once in a while, I'll just pick up the book and maybe flip a page and camp out with God. Sit down, learn the discipline as a disciple of Jesus to sit. He says, come and learn from me. Learn from me. 
So you sit down with him, you sit down with his word, you pray, Spirit of God, show me. Whatever, I'm open today. My heart's open, my ears are open, show me God. And camp out with God. And keep sitting at his feet until he shows you. But he is good about revealing direction. When you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me with all of your heart, he says, I will be found by you. And so that's where their next aspect of revelation came from. So the second point is deeply search for direction through God's word. Deeply search it. Don't get casual flipping a page. Let's see where it opens. And you might start out that way. I know a lot of people do. Just open it and see what God says. But I think as time goes on, God's like, come on, can you do a little better than that? Just randomly flip it, spin it around and point to something. Um, God's like, come on, you can do better than that. Sit with me, sit with me. I want to show you great and mighty things you know not of. And so um, this, is, this is what he does. You know, um, in the early church, there was a group of people who had this down, this kind of mindset, this kind of heart condition. Paul came, the apostle Paul And he's explaining the kingdom of God and he's even doing miracles and they get in on the ideas and they like what they see and they appreciate what they hear, but they turn around and say, you know, thank you for what you're saying, but excuse us for a minute. We got to go check this. We're going to be back tomorrow. we, We get it. The kingdom was on display. I know you did these things and you did these miracles and what you say, it sounds like we're hearing the good news for the first time. It sounds good, but hold on. We got to go check. And they were called the Bereans. And they said they were more noble than the other people that Paul had visited because they were actually, they were checking their word on stuff. And so they would go, yes, searching the scriptures for direction and go, that is true, that is real, that is the way God's calling us to go. And their whole life took a change because they searched for their next step in direction. I think we need to do the same thing as well. Um, And so um, this moves on in verse nine and it says that, um, After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So now on their journey of faith, on this journey of a lifetime that they're on, it started with an external sign, and their next sign came from Scripture. And now they're told Bethlehem, but listen, they still don't have an address. If somebody came to America sensing God called them to America, and they said, okay, your answer is Los Angeles, Great, it's the second biggest city in the country. I got a general direction. I'm still pretty disconnected from really where God is calling me to. And listen, these guys said, if the word says Bethlehem, we're walking towards Bethlehem. They could have said, we're not going until we get an address. How do you expect us to go without a address? They could have had all kinds of logical, reasonable reasonable ideas why this is not a good plan. But they said, look, we got the general revelation that it's over Israel. So we go to Jerusalem. Now the word of God says Bethlehem. We don't have to know the address. If the word says Bethlehem, we're going to walk in that promise of God until God shows us the next indicated thing. And I think that's so important in your journey of faith and in mine is to understand the direction of God even though you don't know the specifics of God. And I would say that's one of the biggest parts of this journey of faith 
is to understand the direction without knowing the specific. And that's what these guys did. They modeled this incredibly well. Uh, The Bible said Bethlehem, so they're going in faith. And I'm just telling you, in your life, if God gives you a general direction, (laughs) you gotta start taking those steps in faith. You cannot sit and wait. You cannot pull over and intellectualize everything. You can't start saying, until I got all the details, I'm not gonna move in this area. Uh, Somebody might say, okay, yeah, I think God's calling us to have a family, but you know, we're not having a family until we get the job like this, until we get the house, and until we do this, we're not gonna do it. That's not faith. That's not faith. Faith is if God's calling us to do it, let's start walking it out in faith. Does that make sense? There's a lot of dimensions to, well, I think God's calling me to, to do this thing and help these people. So, you know, I, I, when I get around to opening the nonprofit and doing all these other things, then I'm gonna do it. No, do it now. Forget the nonprofit. God will bring that stuff later. Does that make sense? You walk it out now. If he's given you a burden for mercy and helps, start helping people. If he's got given you a burden for, for the kids at the skateboard park, Start going over there and doing it now. You don't need a, an official title ministry. You don't need a nonprofit. You don't need, some people wait until they have all these things in place and that day may never come. You gotta walk in faith to the revelation God's given now, now, and then the next comes. And that's what these guys did. And what was really cool, really cool, and I love how God works. General revelation, go to Israel. Show up in Jerusalem, we have no idea. We don't even see the star anymore. We're gonna stop and ask. The word of God says Bethlehem. Great, we don't need an address. We're going to Bethlehem. In faith, we're going to Bethlehem. And they start going to Bethlehem in faith and then the star reappeared to them. How cool is that? God's like, you're walking in faith. I'm gonna reward you with a visual. I'm gonna give you a sign. How many of you know God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him? He's a rewarder. He rewards faith. You can't get away from this in God's kingdom. He rewards faith. He always has, he always will reward faith. Faith, and and Jesus said all over Israel, wow, I haven't found somebody with such great faith. He's always rewarding and complimenting faith. And then in other towns, he's like, I'm not even gonna do anything in this town. You guys don't even have faith. And so he's looking for faith and he rewards faith, not faith in anything, faith in him, faith in his word, faith in his promises, faith in things that his spirit can partner with because it's his ways and his will. And so these guys start going in faith based on what the word says without knowing any specifics. They have no idea of what block or what town in Bethlehem. It's just the general little city We're going towards it in faith. And as they go, star shows up and they're like, God, you are good. You are good. We lost track of the star. The star was gone. We had to ask. The word pointed. We went and poof, the star shows up again. God, you're good. And so that's what happened right here. He rewards. So the third point is don't don't expect a sign from God if you haven't already followed through on the last one he gave you. If God gave you revelation and you ignore it, Don't think he's just, well, let me just give you something else that you might like a little better. God's trying to lead us and grow us as children of God as we become disciples and walk in his ways and walk in his disciplines. And and part of it is like any parent and a child, it's like, well, will you do what I asked you to do? And and if you won't do that, why would I just ignore it and turn around and offer you something else? It's, will you follow through with my heart? And would you walk through in faith? And, and, And I would suggest that that is what happened in the story and is modeled in the story is don't expect a sign if you haven't obeyed the last sign God has given you. 
Um, sometimes we need to stop for a minute, reflect on our own life, and maybe go back to the place where there was a fork in the road, where maybe we ignored something that God said along the way, and we opted for an easier path, and God's like, yeah, I still have a plan for you. I still have a hope and a future for you, but I, I really want you to walk this way with me, because it's going to be way better than your way. And so sometimes we have to, we have to go back. Well, the star, we know, leads them to, to the house of Jesus. And they pay honor and tribute and they bow down and worship him. The Greek word is proskinu. They fell on their face, flat out adoration, praise. Another indication of Jesus' deity is he was able to receive worship in this kind of way. Uh, But their worship, and just in conclusion, their worship, um, in fact, this would be good if the worship team comes up. Um, Their worship, you guys, this is important. Their worship, it included sacrifice. It included sacrifice. It meant something from in here. It wasn't just from here. And, and Israel, the prophets say that all the time. You worship me with your, with your lips, but the heart being far from me. Now, this is all individual in this room, and this is all between you and God, but I will tell you this. Worship, by definition, has to have an element of sacrifice to it to truly be worship, to truly be adoration. And these guys didn't just do it... Uh, just with their words, they did, their whole body was laid out. They traveled a long way. They put a lot of investment into coming to pay homage and to give honor to Jesus that he deserved. And I know we're here today to praise him and to give honor to him, and that's all good, and, 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 it's, and he's deserving of it. But this suggests that there's a little bit of, like the song says, a little bit of pain in the offering, a little pain in the offering. And so I would encourage you, our fourth point this morning, is to worship your way into God's presence. They worship their way right into the presence, right into the feet of Jesus. They worship their way right into the feet of Jesus. But I would also suggest to you, Matthew 6, 21 says, that where, you, where your treasure is, your heart is also. Where your treasure is, your heart is also. In other words, if we say we love you, we love you, we love you, but our treasure has nothing to do with that, I just wanna be honest with you this morning, that's not worship. Jesus would say, where your treasure is, your heart is also. Um, and if you're visiting here today, this applies to wherever you're plugged into God's kingdom, all anywhere around this country or anywhere in the city. But this is a dynamic of the kingdom of God. I want to share that because we get a little casual about this kind of thing of worship and what it is. I'm just saying these guys modeled a journey of faith. They modeled a journey of faith that is rewardable. They modeled a journey of faith that is salutable. They modeled a journey of faith that we're talking about 2,000 years later. Let's not leave parts of their journey out. Parts of their journey, they came a long way by faith. They looked at external signs. Then they checked the word of God next. And then they walked in faith to what the word told them. Even though they didn't have specifics, God rewarded them with more signs along the way. And when they came, they didn't hold back. But it wasn't just lip service. They actually laid their gifts before King Jesus. And these gifts had a cost to them. There was actually a cost to them. Um, I would just say this in closing, and I, and I want to just present this to you as a challenge. If you understand God's economy in this aspect of worship, if you already understand that everything belongs to God, and I say this because this is something I had to come to terms with some 25 years ago, that concept, what do you mean it belongs to God? No, it doesn't, it belongs to me. I worked for that, that's mine. And then I realized, well, wait a second, Everything does belong to God, and he is gracious to me. And so I personally give back a first fruit. I know our family does. been doing this for 
25 years and this is the way of life. I don't even think about it anymore. And many of you in the room, you understand this and you don't even think about it. This is like a no-brainer to you. There's others in the room that you never heard of this and you're going, what what does that even mean? And this might be challenging or sound a little extreme, but it's, it's the word of God. And there's others in the room, and I really want to speak to you, that you know this full well. You just somehow back then in the fork in the road, you go, I'm going to take this path instead of this path. I want to encourage something bold. <laughs> I want to encourage, if you understand that your worship to God includes gift, it includes pain in the offering, it includes value, otherwise, you know, if you gave somebody something that didn't cost you anything, that's not much of a gift. I would just encourage you, as we're closing up the year, and this is for those of you in the room, because we never give out a compulsion and we're not taking an offering right now. But this is for those of you in the room who already understand God's economy. You know what this means. You understand this principle, this priority, and God's blessing as a result. But for somewhere along the line, you just switched gears and opted out. I want to encourage you to continue in your journey of faith, like these guys did on a journey of the lifetime, trusting in God's provision. And when you do it God's way, it is the best way. I want to encourage you guys, if you're in this room and you are that group, and I've never said this in a church setting before, and maybe I never will again, but I just felt the Lord stir me to say this this morning, that if you know God deserves our first fruit, and you already know that, and you've come to terms with that in your life, but you haven't been living that out, I would encourage you to make, make that right with God, essentially, before the year is over. I really would. And it's easier for me to say that if you go some other church, great, because this is no, uh, we're not looking for anything except for your blessing and your obedience to God to further his kingdom. That is a straight up bottom line. God is sovereign and he's a provider. This is not some appeal to you to do something other than walk fully in faith to the revelation of God and he will bless and reward you. Don't leave parts out, don't skip parts. And if you know the way you should go and you opted out of it, this is for you in the room. And some of you, again, you've never gone down this road. You're like, I don't even, I'm not there yet, pastor. That's great, that's great. God will continue to show you as you walk with Jesus what his economy is all about and how things work in those dimensions. But for those of you who do know and have walked away from that, the bold challenge I have for you is to get together with King Jesus as a worshiper and ask him, Lord, where my treasure is, is my heart also, just between you and God. And if not, then worship God fully in that other component of your life as well. And so I just wanted to provide that challenge to you. Uh, The last point is to uh, recognize God's direction through listening to his voice. These guys did everything right. They got the sign in the sky. They came, they checked the word. They walked in faith to what the word said without any specifics. God blessed them. The, sign, the star showed up again. They get to the house. They, they're, they're unashamed and unabashed in their worship. They're full throttle. They're not like, well, you know what? I don't know. He's just a little kid in the manger. He's just a little Jewish kid. Maybe we should just only give him a, let's give him a pearl or something. Let's take everything else back home. They're like, no. We, he gave us these gifts. We're, we're giving them to him. And then after that, God speaks to them in a way that they clearly, for the first time in the entire narrative, God speaks directly to them. They have a dream and God says, listen, don't go that way. I want you to go this way. And there's nothing better than hearing the voice of God. I believe we hear the voice of God when we get all this other stuff right in our life.
when we start getting more things lined up with God, I think we get rid of the clutter and the things that block. I think we start hearing God's voice more and more. They began to recognize God's voice. They began to listen to his voice and hear his direction for the first time in this long narrative. And I believe he does the same thing with us. So as we close in prayer right now, let's just ask God to seal some of these things in our heart. Um, Mighty God, I I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of it. I thank you for this journey of a lifetime that these guys went on. And I pray that all of us in this room would get in on a journey of a lifetime. I pray we would begin to see uh, the circumstance and recognize what you're doing around us and we would not be ignorant of what you're doing, God. I also pray, God, that we would search your word, God. We would look and, and we would seek your answers in your word, God. I thank you for that, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that... Um, You would reward our faith when we take these steps just like you did to them. I pray that our worship, Lord, our treasure, where that is, our heart would be also. They're synonymous in scripture. I just pray you show us personally in our lives what that means and what it looks like. And I also just pray, Lord God, when we walk through all these areas and we truly try to walk in faith to everything in in this narrative of scripture, that Lord, you blessed with speaking and hearing your voice. And that's glorious, God. I pray everyone in this room will begin to hear your voice more and more, myself included. We love you and we glorify you. I pray that as a result of what you're doing, God, that this Christmas, when we go back to the dinner table or we travel and get on a plane or drive up north, south, east, west, wherever we're gonna go, wherever's coming to our house, God, that we would represent the true spirit of Christmas, the spirit of God in us, Lord, that you would use us in ways that we've, this Christmas would be like unlike any other Christmas, God, because we're walking with you in a new area. We're walking with you in a new zone, God, that this Christmas just wouldn't be the ritual of the lights and the presents and the tree and the rush and the mall and the paper wrapped up and put it all away and move on, God, but we would literally embrace the reality of Emmanuel, God with us, that you will never leave or forsake us, God. We praise you for that, Lord, and thank you for these things. And In Jesus' name. This has been a presentation of Valley Metro Church. To hear more messages or to support future podcasts, please visit valleymetrochurch.com.